Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. Well, hey, welcome back. I'm Chris Shandro, the pastor at Compass. As always, I'm thrilled that you joined me for what is part four in our Planted Message series today. Now, in this message series, we've been working our way through Matthew chapter 13, specifically through the parable of the sower. And last week, we heard this fantastic explanation of the story from Kyan Glenn, who is part of Compass, and he is an organic farmer. And Kyan illustrated how a farmer interacts with seed and different soil types so well by showing us actual examples of real soil from his farm. And if you didn't see it, I strongly encourage you to go back and check that out online. Okay, so if you missed it, go watch it. Now, I think it's because of Kyan's expertise at farming, and I think that it was so effective at helping us understand the parable, that because of that, I thought we could take a look at the part of this story where I have a lot of expertise. I'm not a farmer, but I have expertise in certain areas. And so this plant right here is called an echeveria. It is a variety of plant called a succulent. They are probably one of the easiest plants to own because they thrive in rocky soil without much water because they just hold a lot of water. These are hardy plants, okay? They're hard to kill. You could put this on your desk at work, not touch it for a month, and it would probably be just fine. And when it comes to plants, my area of expertise is much more closely related to easy plants that don't require a lot of attention. Oh, and and just to be clear, I don't mean that I'm really good at caring for these plants. No, it's the opposite. I mean, my area of expertise says that I'm really good at killing these plants, okay? My area of expertise in the area of plants is that I can literally kill unkillable plants. This may look like an empty pot, which is soil in it to you, but this is actually the Echeveria plant that I killed a few months ago. And again, to be clear, I didn't try to kill it. I'm not trying to kill plants. This is just what happens when I try to keep plants alive. It's just a byproduct of what happens when I interact with them. Some people have a green thumb, I have a black thumb. I desperately want to be a good plant owner, but no matter how hard I try, it just never works. I've killed plants by overwatering, by underwatering, over fertilizing. This this living echeveria plant that I showed you, I just bought this today to use as an illustration. This is gonna be dead in a month. It will look like this. I'm an expert at killing and growing unhealthy plants, which is exactly the type of plant that we are gonna focus on today. So let's take a look at Matthew 13, verse three. Jesus says this, he says, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds, and then we're gonna jump ahead. Some seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up, and choked out the tender plants. Now we've been talking about this for the last several weeks and we're going to actually be talking about it for uh, several weeks in the future as we work through some of Jesus's stories and parables. But Jesus used parables to explain God and to explain the kingdom of God to people, to help them understand who God is and how God works in the world. And one reason that Jesus's stories are so powerful is that they are just rich with truth for people who have different experiences and backgrounds. His stories allow us to see a reflection of ourselves as we are, which is why 
I think I'm the perfect person to lead us in a discussion of the unhealthy and dying plants in the parable of the sower, because again, I'm great at killing them. So let's do this. Let's look at, let's first take a look at Jesus's explanation of his parable of these two types of soil. Matthew 13, 18. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Now, we know from you know, going through the series that the seed that's being planted by the sower is the word of God. Now, it's not the Bible. The Bible didn't exist as we know it when Jesus told this story. But the seed is, is the word of God. Jesus' message that God sees you, God loves you, and that he wants to restore what sin has damaged in us and in our world. The message is that God is doing a new thing through Jesus to redeem everyone and everything back to order and back to life. And Jesus describes people who receive this message with joy. And it actually takes root in their lives. But then life happens. Someone gets sick. Someone dies. Someone is betrayed or hurt or loses a job. Bad things happen that don't fit with what they thought the kingdom of God would be like. And when that happens, it raises doubts. And even though the seed actually took root in their lives, the rosy kind of Sunday school message that they received with a lot of joy, it wasn't deep enough to survive the real challenges of the grown-up world. And they fell away. Jesus continues to explain this parable. He says, the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. So again, the seed falls on the soil and it, and it takes root and it grows. But again, life happens. We get busy with school and work. There are demands on our time from family and friends. We have kids, and we want our kids to have a good life. And that means we need to give them opportunities to grow in sports, in the arts, in education. And there's only so much time in a day to do all of it. And even though the kingdom of God really matters to us, honestly, there are just other things that are equally valuable that are fighting for attention. And as Jesus describes it, even though the seed takes root and grows, it's never able to produce any fruit. Now, there really isn't any other way to look at these two examples of how people respond to the kingdom of God as anything other than tragic. I mean, one person's faith dies and the other person's faith is essentially worthless. And for me, in the thousands of times that this parable has been taught in churches and the probably hundreds of times that I've heard it taught, these two soil types, the weedy soil and the rocky soil, that they have been presented as people with failed faith. They've been described to me as people who aren't true Christians, people who will not make it into heaven someday. Now, when you look at this part of the story through the eyes of a farmer, I mean, it is a complete failure. But what if that's not all there is to see? What if instead of looking at this through the eyes of a farmer, we looked at it through the eyes of a plant killer? 
someone with a black thumb like me. Because even though these plants were unhealthy and dying, there's still something that we can learn about the kingdom of God and something we can learn about ourselves. And, and the first thing that's really important for us to see in the, is that in each of these challenging soils, the seed still took root and it still grew. Now, this is important because it's easy to look at this story and sort people into categories, good soil and bad soil. And we can assume that what you are is what you are, right? You can't change. You can't become good soil if you're bad soil. But the fact of the matter is, the seed of the kingdom of God, it took root and grew in both the rocky and the weedy soil. I mean, one of them was even described as receiving the message with great joy. Which means this, that the people represented by the soil, they're not hopelessly wicked people who are rejecting God. They are people who genuinely receive Jesus, who have real roots of faith growing in their lives before facing things in life that challenge that faith. And before we focus on the challenges that can either kill or hobble that faith, I think it's important that we acknowledge the fact that their faith was real. The seed of the kingdom of God, it took real root in their lives. So that's the first thing just kind of want to start with taking a look at. Second thing I want you to see is that one of the plants, the one in the thorny, the weedy soil, it actually lived. I mean, yeah, it didn't flourish or produce any fruit, but it didn't die. And even though the faith of the person represented by the weedy soil, even though their faith may not have thrived, it survived. I mean, that's good news, right? Let's put it in modern evangelical terms. That person is still getting into heaven, which is a big deal because I think the main focus of modern evangelical Christianity is this question, are you saved or not? And the answer to that question determines whether or not you will go to heaven when you die. And for many Christians, I mean, that's what this whole thing is all about. And when we, when we ask whether or not a person is saved, what we're really asking about is their roots. Has the gospel taken root in someone's life? If they believe in Jesus, if roots have grown, then they are saved and they can go to heaven. And that is the primary concern of the kingdom of God to many people. Is there any proof of roots? But even as this story shows that there were real roots of faith, this parable of Jesus also challenges that get-to-heaven worldview. See, he presented two types of people in whom the kingdom of God took root in a very real, and in one case, a, a clearly permanent way. By a modern evangelical standard, both of these people are saved and will go to heaven, in spite of the fact that they struggled because they had roots. But if that's true, why does Jesus' parable portray them as bad soil? If roots mean you are saved, why does Jesus paint these people as tragic figures? And here's why, and this is the key takeaway today. The goal of kingdom life is fruits, not just roots. Jesus never seemed to be interested in getting people to pass some tests so that they could go to heaven someday. Neither did the first century church. That's actually a very modern way of viewing the kingdom of God that didn't even really begin until the Enlightenment era just a few hundred years ago. 
That's not how Jesus thought about the kingdom of God. Pass this test so you can go to heaven someday. And the real tragedy of this story is not that these people didn't believe enough to make it into heaven. The tragedy to Jesus was that they were never able to bear fruit. They were never able to reach the full potential for their lives that existed in the seed that was planted there. And growing roots may be important, and it is, but growing fruit is the goal. And let me walk you through this. Take a look at John 3.16, very familiar passage. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This is one of the best known verses in the Bible. And a lot of people assume that when eternal life is used there, that that means heaven someday. If I believe in Jesus, I'll go to heaven eventually someday, right? Well, what did Jesus say about that? John 17, 3, Jesus says, now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So wait, so according to Jesus, eternal life isn't life someday in an eternal heaven. Eternal life is a quality of life defined by a closest, closeness to God through Jesus. Jesus did not say, this is eternal life. When you die, your spirit will go to heaven where you will get to spend eternity with God, finally free from the suffering of this physical world. Rather, he describes eternal life as a quality of life based on our relationship with him. And it's a relationship that begins the moment the seed of the kingdom is planted in our lives. It's an experience for here and now. I mean, look at how Jesus describes it in John 10. And I'm going to give you three different translations of this. In John 10, 10, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. The NIV version says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The ESV version says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. These are three different translations of the original Greek language, but it all points to the same thing, that life rooted in the kingdom of God, is rich, satisfying, full, and abundant. You could even call it fruitful. The people represented by the rocky and weedy soil, they actually had genuine roots of faith that grew. But the tragedy of the story is that they were never able to experience the fullness of life in Christ that God had for them in their right here and now lives. Not a someday far away and heaven experience, but a here and now abundance of love, joy, and peace. And the solution to this is not to try and remove all the weeds and rocks on our own. That's the sower's job. Only God can do that. Our job is to embrace the seed, to receive the word, to allow it to do the work of putting down roots and growing fruit. I know there are people here right now who fit into these categories of rocky and weedy soil. There are people who had roots of faith that took hold in their lives at one point, only to have that faith choked out when it didn't hold up to the crushing challenges of life or when it was overwhelmed by all of the other stuff of life fighting for their attention. And I know that there are people like that here because I'm here. I've wrestled with doubt when confronted by sickness and death. When terrible things happen to people who don't deserve it, I've struggled. I've struggled to see the kingdom of God as the most important thing in my life. 
when I didn't have enough money to pay my bills, or when the opportunities to give my kids the best life and opportunities through sports and activities or education, when those things only came at the expense of the opportunities for them to have a thriving church community. And for me, the urgent things of right now, they won out because, I mean, there's always going to be time for the kingdom of God to grow tomorrow, right? I know what it's like to have the kingdom of God choked out and pushed aside by the stuff of life. And the irony in all this is that the solution to our kingdom of God problem is the kingdom of God. When worry, doubt, fear, stress, when those things are keeping us from fully experiencing life in God, the answer is not for us to try and address those things on their own. Jesus came to give us abundant and eternal life. And abundant life is the only solution to a shallow life. We just have to position ourselves to receive the word and put the kingdom of God as our first priority. Because when the kingdom of God becomes just another thing on your list of things, rather than the thing that defines your list, it becomes harder and harder for your life to bear good fruit or for you to experience the rich and satisfying life that can only be found in walking closely with Jesus. And it's a tragedy for a person to have roots but not bear any fruit. A healthy life grows roots to fruits. And the benefit of that is a right now, here in this world, experience of God's love, his joy, and his peace. So may we be soil where the seed of God's kingdom can take root, focused on receiving the message of Jesus. May we be people who thrive and bear fruit in spite of the challenges of life. And may we experience life to the fullest, not just someday in heaven, but right here, right now, in spite of our circumstances. Because that's what the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like a seed that falls on any type of soil, but still puts down roots and bears good fruit. May that be us as we live out our relationship with Jesus in our world, in our homes, our schools, our workplaces, and with our families. May God bless you, and I will see you next time. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com.